Lord this morning is uh, don't focus on your problems. Focus on the answer. Amen. I believe that's what we've been hearing throughout our time of worship and even as we uh, picked out the hymn this morning that goes right along with that theme. And so if you're here this morning, I want to encourage you. God knows you. God knows what you've been going through. He's not trying to lessen or minimize your situation. He just simply wants you to know this morning he's there. And he is the overcomer. In the end, if you read the back of the book, you'll find out that he's the winner. <laughs> we want to be on his side, right? We have a choice to make in that this morning. And uh, we're going to be in John this morning, chapter 15. John chapter 15, a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's get them and hold them up. See all those pretty books up in the air. This is God's Word for me today. John chapter 15, we're going to be talking about abiding in Christ this morning. And just so relevant to where we're at today, where we live today, so so relevant as we look at the world around us and, and so many things that are taking place in the world around us today. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. I, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you, have, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear <coughs> fruit <coughs> excuse me, by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have, have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your guidance. Lord, help us this morning to discover in your word the plan that you have for us to stay in you. And help us, Lord, to live according to that plan. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, Webster defines abide as to endure without yielding, to bear patiently, to accept without objection, to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place. Now, I simply want to relate that to what has taken place this morning. As the Holy Spirit has, has through his anointing, spoke about 
Don't focus on the problems. Focus on the solution. This scripture or, or this definition here talks to us about endure without yielding. Bear patiently to accept without objection, to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in place. And, and can I just tell you, we can't do all those things if we begin to focus simply on the problem. If we, if we keep our mind fixed on the problems of this world, if we keep our mind fixed on, on the mess, if we keep our mind fixed on all those things, we're not going to be able to endure. We're not going to be able to abide because we're going to get off track. We're going to begin to doubt God, aren't we? Remember what I've been talking about lately? The devil just simply wants us to begin to doubt who God is, to doubt what, what, what God has spoken in his word to us about who he is. And I believe the Holy Spirit this morning wants to remind us who he is wants to remind us that we are chosen vessels, that we are his children, that his, his handprint is all over us, and that he's got it. Focus on him. Focus on him. You see, as we abide in Christ, it shows or implies that we are one with him. He says, abide in me and I in you. We are joined together with Christ. We are to be in unity with Christ. And if we're in unity with Christ and our brothers are in unity with Christ, guess what that makes us with them? In unity. Not uniformity, not that we agree on every issue, but we're in unity of purpose for the purpose of the cause of Christ. You see, in chapter 17, Jesus prayed this. John chapter 17, verses twenty. Through 22, he says, I do not ask for these only, talking about the disciples that he had with him, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now, we realize that the disciples, as they, they went out and they preached, we are a recipient of, of the word through them, even some 2,000 years down the road. So Jesus prayed not only for those 12, or not only for the ones that those 12 had won at that moment in time, but also for all those who would come 2,000 years down the road. That's you, and that's me. That they may be all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. What's Jesus praying for here? That the body of believers would be one with Christ, with God, and with each other. A unity that will bear much fruit. A unity that, what did Jesus say here? To show the world that you have sent me. To show the world that Jesus Christ indeed was the Son of God, that Jesus Christ indeed was the Savior of the world, that Jesus Christ indeed was the one that we should believe in and that we should follow so that we could have eternal life as well. We have a part of that. by We can show the world that by living according to his plan and purpose and being in unity with one another and with Christ. We are part of Christ and he is part of us. 
and to dwell, to, be a, to abide in Christ continually, we must abide in his presence. We must long for his presence, not just here, not just in this place, but as we live our life, we must, we must continually ask his presence to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, that we can be the people that he has called us to be outside of these walls just like we are in here. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 say this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love by which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, before we ever came to know him, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So before we could ever even before we ever even came to Christ, he had already prepared for us. He had already set in motion a plan for us to share with him in that heavenly kingdom. You see, as we abide in Christ, it implies that we are in communion with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Talking about communion here. A common partnership, a fellowship, one with another, sharing what Christ has given us. You know, when, when we partake of communion, it, we, we share together at the table Jesus Christ, uh, the symbols for his blood and the symbol for his body. We share that together as believers in common that we share. The scripture talks about that we share even in his suffering. When we, when we, when we share communion together, we share the victory and the triumph, but we also share in the suffering. We also realize that there will be times when for his name's sake, we will suffer and we will be persecuted. And we, we suffer in that with him as we share Holy Communion. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, that I, and I love this, this scripture, if you can really say this scripture, that I may know him, Paul says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody wants to shout about the power of his resurrection, right? I want to know that power. And you know what? He has promised us that we will. He has promised us that if we abide in him, we will share in the power of that resurrection someday. But Paul goes on, that rascal. Why does Paul have to ruin a good thing, right? And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul says, you know what? It doesn't matter what I have to go through in this life. I want to share, I want to share in Christ everything. I want to be able to share in that power of resurrection, but I also want to be willing to share in the fact that Christ suffered to the point of death for me. I, I, I highly doubt that any person in this room is going to go that, have to go that far. But if you did, would you be willing? If you did, would you be willing to go that far for the cause of Christ? We're sending missionaries around the world today that when they go, they know that there's a chance they could be arrested, they could be persecuted, they could be tortured, and they could be killed. 
for the cause of Christ. And I, I've talked to these people, and, and, and sometimes I just think they're absolutely crazy in the flesh. But you know what they talk about? There are people over there that haven't heard about Jesus. There are people over there that don't know anything about his saving grace. And that go over there and that for just the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. They don't, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at the fact that maybe, maybe as they go over there and they share, somebody's going to get saved. Wow. Willing to share in the resurrection power and the suffering of Christ. As we go through this life and as we abide in him, we have to realize that it, it involves dependence on him. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All the strength and all the nourishment and all the nutrition we get, we're going to get from the vine, from Jesus. Okay, we just went through a, a big storm last week. And if you drive around town, what do you see laying all over the ground? Branches everywhere. What do those branches look like? Those once green leaves are now what? Why? Because they no longer abide in the tree. What's going to happen to those branches? They're going to get burnt up, aren't they? Why? Because they're of no use, because they, didn't know, they no longer abide in the vine. And it doesn't matter if it's a nut tree, because the, the fruit of a nut tree is the nut, right? <laughs> Some of you, no, never mind. If it was an apple tree, that apple branch laying there on the ground is going to bear no fruit, is it? I was thinking about so many, so many instances where when that branch is broke off, whether it be a tree or, or a plant or a vine, and that piece lays there on the ground. You, you, you drive around after the storm, and believe me, I'm a... There's hundreds of people driving around the streets of Keokuk right after the storm, getting in every, getting into fire department's way and getting in our way. We're trying, you know, we're out there trying. But as you drive around, before anybody starts to clean up, those branches are laying right beside the trees, right, where they fell out of. And this morning, God showed me something. He said, you know, a lot of people think they, that if they just lay next to the tree, <laughs> come on now. If they just lay next to the tree, they'll be okay. Mm. If I just, you know, if I just go to church, I'll be okay. If I just hang out with some Christians once in a while, I'm, I'm going to be all right. If I take those plants in my garden and I, and I break them off and I just drop it down on the ground, that tomato plant's never going to put on a tomato is it no matter how close you set it there it doesn't work the lord kind of showed me that's many times what people do they think i don't really have to be you know one of those fanatic christians hmm. i don't have to really you know i can all i got to do is go to church once in a while or, or all i have to do is maybe tell somebody i'm going to pray once in a while or, or all i have to do is read one of them them nice little things on facebook once in a while and yeah and if if i share it i'm going to be good 
If I just get, if I just get close to some of that, I'll be all right, won't I? The scripture said you got to abide in the vine. You got to be connected to the vine. You got to be drawing nutrition from the vine. You got to be part of the vine if you're going to bear fruit. You got to be part of the vine if you want to share in all the things that God has for you. And all, something else he showed me, and this is no brainstorm, but it's not only for yourself, but if you don't bear fruit, nobody else is going to be able to get the benefit of that fruit, are they? You know, uh, our, our friend Mr. Haven down on the hill down in Warsaw, he, he grows all those, all those tomatoes, and he shares them for a fee, right? <laughs> my, my grandpa, I'll use my grandpa for an example. He used to grow this great garden, and he'd take those tomatoes, and he'd set them out on his front porch. And anybody that came by could go over there and grab a tomato or two and take them home. There was no jar. There was no... It was just, if you want one and you need a tomato, just take one of my tomatoes and enjoy it. But if those plants didn't abide in the vine, he wouldn't have those tomatoes to share with other people. Think about what people are going to miss if you choose to no longer abide in the vine. Think about your kids. Think about your grandkids. Think about your neighbors. When you choose to no longer abide in the vine, somebody's going to miss out. Not just you. We have to depend on him. We have to realize our dependence is staying in the vine. Staying connected to the nutrition that only he can give. Too often we see, we see people that, that pull away from the thing they need the very most. When things get tough, instead of, instead of getting tighter to the vine, they run away from the vine and that nutrition and that strength gets cut off. Unfortunately, sooner or later that person spiritually begins to wither and die. We must abide in the vine. We must depend on Him the more we realize our need for Him, the more we will abide in Him. And the more we abide in Him, the more we will bear fruit. We need to realize that outside of Him, we can do nothing. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So the Apostle Paul here says, listen, we got to realize it's not of us, but God has granted us the ability to be his ministers. All these things that we do, all these things that we say, all, all the, the great, I often think of, of Billy Graham and all the things that he did were not, of, were not Billy Graham, but they were Billy Graham working under the authority that God had given him. God had, had blessed him and, and, and given him the, the, the ability to do those things. And that's the same with you and I. You don't have to be a Billy Graham. You don't have to have thousands of tomato plants to produce fruit. You just have to be willing to be what God has planted you to be. 
You have to be willing to do what God has asked you to do and you will bear much fruit. Talk to many missionaries that go to some of these places and they, 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 they think if they could win one or two souls, they've, they've done a great thing. And other missionaries go to some of these places and they win thousands of souls. Who is more fruitful? The obedient is fruitful. Whether it be the one or two souls in a, in a country that's really hard or whether a thousand souls in, in a very open place, it, they're equally fruitful because they're equally obedient. Sometimes we just need to understand to, to bloom where we are planted, to do what God has called us to do and not, not to look at what somebody else's ministry is. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 say this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now, if that scripture doesn't go right along with what the Holy Spirit's speaking this morning, it says, you know, I'm thinking, trust in Him. The heat's going to come. The drought's going to come. But the roots are in Him. They're in the streams of living water. Trust Him this morning. Trust that when the wind does blow, your roots are in Him. You're not dependent on yourself. Your roots are in Him. And He gives you the strength. And then it comes to the place of obedience. Because if we are going to abide in Christ, there comes a time for obedience. John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You see, Jesus here is teaching us another lesson about Himself. You see, as we read this scripture, we realize it says He had to obey God. He did it willingly, but He could have went the other way. I believe in his humanness, in his temptation, Christ could have went the other way. I'm sure some would disagree with me on that. We're not going to argue theology. I believe that Christ could have chosen to do something else. But it says here, I kept my Father's commandments. And see, what is he asking of us? Keep my commandments. What is Jesus saying here we need to do if we want to abide in him? We need to be obedient to him. We need to follow his plan and his purpose for our lives. We need, we need to follow what he has laid out in, in the book, in his word. We need to follow it as well as we need to follow the, the daily walk with him. When he lays something in our heart personally, we need to follow him. The power... We gain from obedience to Him. We gain that strength just, <clears throat> just as that plant gains nourishment and strength from the vine. We gain that nourishment and strength from Him as we abide and as we obey, as we do what He asks us to do. We gain strength. As, as, as we begin to open up 
and operate in the power of His Holy Spirit as He leads us, we gain strength and we grow and we produce fruit. Abiding in Christ involves perseverance. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I don't know about you, but there are times that it seems like all we do is work, 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 and we don't see any benefit, right? Sometimes it seems that way at your job. You work, 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 you get your check, and you think, really? That's it? And you have a choice to make. I mean, <laughs> you could say, I'm quitting. Or you can say, you know, maybe it ain't what I wanted, but God has blessed me with this, and I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to go back to work the next day, whenever that would be, and I'm going to keep working <laughs> because that's what God has asked me to do. The same is true in the spiritual. Sometimes we go to church and we do all these things and we, we set up and we clean up and we do this and we do that and we give and we, we do all those things that are right and we look at the results and sometimes we think, I'm just tired. Tired of not seeing the results I want to see. I'm tired of, of people not responding the way I want them to respond. So I have a choice to make. And I'll guarantee you this right now. Every pastor faces that choice. Sometimes, unfortunately, they give up. They say it's not worth it anymore. Most of the time, thank God, they look at that and they say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm not seeing the results I, I had hoped for, but God, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep being obedient to you. I'm going to keep being faithful to you. And I'm going I'm to just let you be God in this situation, in these circumstances, in this church, in, the, in this ministry, in this organization, in this thing. Because perseverance is important in life. We teach our kids that, don't we? Keep trying. Keep trying. And in the background, we're thinking, oh, man, I just want to give up. I'm telling you, if you haven't faced that moment in your spiritual life, um, you will. Sorry. But the encouragement of the Scripture is, and I believe the encouragement of the Holy Spirit this morning is, get your eyes off of the negative off of the problem, off of the circumstance, and just begin to praise me because I have the answer. I am the answer, would say the Lord this morning. Perseverance. The Bible, <coughs> the Apostle Paul, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, writes this to us this morning. Don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing what's right. Just because you haven't seen the results you wanted to see, keep doing what you know is right. Keep doing it. Because if nobody else is seeing it, I guarantee you God is. When nobody else acknowledges it, God does. Just keep doing good. And the last part of that 
for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. God promises that there will come a time that we will receive the reward. Sometimes we get pruned and we don't like it. We got some bushes at home. We got what's it, mother-in-law bush or whatever, and I don't bridal bush. Yeah, so, sorry, Shirley. It's a good bush. That's why I thought of you. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and it grows like a weed. I was out there. I was out there after it bloomed, and I had my chainsaw. Ring. And, and the male lady came by and she says something about that being the hillbilly way to trim a bush. <laughs> I don't know. I said, yeah, that's the way it's going. And I, I pruned that thing back. And the thing has already grown this much back since I pruned it down. And you prune things, you make them stronger. The Lord in his word says that, that if you are a branch that is producing fruit, you're a good branch, right? You know what he's going to do? He's going to come along and he's going to snip on you a little bit to get rid of the dead. I've got a lilac bush in the back, and every year I go through there and there's dead branches, and I snip them dead branches off, and I think, man, this thing is going to die, and then it just gets stronger. New sprouts come up because sometimes you just need to be pruned, and pruning is never fun, and it's never easy, and it's, you know, in our minds we think, well, how could this be good? Because God says, if you're a good branch, if you're, doing, if you're producing fruit, I'm going to trim you a little bit, and you're going to produce more fruit. It's for our benefit. It's for other people's benefit that God says, if you're a good branch, if you're abiding in me, you're a good branch, you're producing fruit, I'm going to clean you up a little bit, and you're going to get even better. I kind of like when I cut my hair, you know. I'm good looking, I cut my hair, it gets even better, right? When you get pruned up a little bit, the Holy Spirit prunes you up. <laughs> my wife, <laughs> that look she just gave me. <coughs> but but when, when the Holy Spirit comes and prunes us up, He says, hey, listen, you're growing, you're, you're producing fruit, but you know what? You got this one little thing over here. Oh, but God, come on now. I thought we had a deal. God says, oh, no, we didn't have a deal. I was just waiting for the right moment to, to prune you up a little bit so that you can produce a little more fruit. And I'm telling you, he only, does that. he only does that to the good branches. The bad branches, he just cuts them off and throws them in the fire. <laughs> but if you're a good branch and you're producing fruit and you're abiding in the vine, he says, oh, there's 10 fruit on that thing but we're going to get 20 next year. I'm going to trim that up a little bit. And we should rejoice that he counts us worthy to trim us up a little bit so that we can produce more fruit. We abide in him. We can have safety and security. Psalm chapter 91 verse 1 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwells in the shelter of the Most High dwells underneath the presence and the power of the Almighty God. Believe me, there is no better place than to be there. 1 John chapter 2, verse 8 says this, And now, little children, abide in me, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. See, as we abide in him, 
we can have confidence that when he comes, we won't be ashamed. Have you ever walked in on a kid doing something they weren't supposed to do? And the look that you get because they've been caught. You don't want to have that look when Jesus comes back, do you? You want to be ready and prepared so that when he comes, we can have confidence in that. You see, people ask, well, how can I know if I'm a Christian? How can I know if I'm, you just can't know. I had one guy say, well, you just can't know. You'll just find out when the time comes. I don't buy that for a second. Now, I can't know if you're ready, and you can't know if I'm ready. But I can know. If I'm living according to his word, if I've asked him to forgive me of my sins, if, if, if I'm living under the blood of Jesus and I'm constantly going to the throne room of grace, I can have confidence. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I don't make mistakes. But that I'm blood-bought. And when I make a mistake, his Holy Spirit is going to convict me and I can make it right. And I can pick myself up and I can keep marching right towards the throne room of heaven with confidence, not cockiness, not I'm better than you, but with confidence knowing that he has saved me and I'm on my way to heaven without shame and without fear. John 15, 4, one more time here, we're going to close. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, you can choose this morning to be one of those branches that's laying on the ground that somebody's going to pick up and throw in the fire. No usefulness, no fruit, no future. Or you can be the, 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 the branch that abides in the vine, that refuses to let anything cut you out. As the devil comes along with his temptations, as the devil comes along and, and tries to show you how grand this, this sin would be and how much fun it would be to, be to do this thing or do that thing, you can choose to say, no way, I'm right where I want to be, abiding in the vine, growing and strengthening and producing fruit. You can abide in him or you can fall away from him. It's up to you. And so this morning, I want you to ask yourself exactly what decisions you have made. What have you chosen to be? This morning, I, I think where God would choose for us to be is that, that, vi that, that branch that's producing fruit that is asking him, now come on, asking him to prune me today. Now, sometimes we sit there and we're producing fruit, and we just say, oh, God, if you would just leave me alone, I'd be so much. I, I, love, where, I love where I'm at. I'm doing good, and, I, and you know, I'm working for you, and, 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 and that's good, and that's great. But what he really wants is people that will say, God, I thank you for being able to serve you. I thank you that, that I'm producing fruit. I thank you that, that I'm doing work for you. But God, if there's anything in my life that I need to get rid of today, if there's anything that would help me to be a more effective servant to you, I want you to point it out so that I can take care of that today, so that I can let your Holy Spirit do a little prune so that I can be better tomorrow.
than I was today. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. I want you to know that Jesus wants to give you life from his vine. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you haven't even accepted him as your savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I, I have no idea what you're even talking about. That's okay. You got to start somewhere. The very beginning part, the very place you started, just simply recognizing that you need a savior. That you need somebody to cleanse you from your sin and recognizing that Jesus Christ is the only name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. Recognizing your need, recognizing him as a savior and, ex and asking him to forgive you. If you're here this morning, you would say, Pastor, I'm not a Christian, but today I want to leave changed. I want to leave saved and forgiven. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Would there be one this morning that would say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray with me that I might receive the gift of salvation? Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, you're saying, Pastor, I get what you're saying. I'm a Christian, but there's just some, some things in my life that I just know that the Lord has been trying to prune out, and I've been, I've been holding on to those things. This morning, Pastor, would you pray with me that I would be able to let go of those things and let the Lord prune me the way he wants to so that I can be more fruitful in his kingdom. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you for your honesty for the Lord this morning. Why don't we stand? We close in prayer this morning. I want you to just... I want you to just tell the Lord that this morning. It's not, don't let it just be me praying over you, but let us pray in agreement together that the Lord would help us to do what he has already spoken to our heart about. Lord God, this morning, I thank you for those hands that were raised as we recognize, Lord, we are saved and we are Christians and we love you with, with our whole heart, but Lord, maybe there's things in our life that you want to prune away and we've been resistant. Lord, as we agree together this morning, Lord, that your, your Holy Spirit would help us to allow that pruning to take place in our lives. No matter what it might be this morning, Lord, we ask that you would help us to submit to you and to your pruning that we would be more fruitful, that we would be able to reach more people with the gospel because we have allowed you to do a work in us. Lord, I thank you for this congregation this morning, for each one that is allowed you to speak into their life. And Lord, as we go this morning, may we go out of here shouting the victory that you are our God and you are victorious. And we thank you for that this morning. Amen. God bless you.